Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. May 2021, the eve of Mother's Day weekend, the U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee held a hearing on racism in Black maternal health care. Among the witnesses were the families of Black mothers who had died giving birth. Congresswoman Cori Bush gave an impassioned speech recounting her own traumatic pregnancy experiences as a Black woman, asserting, quote, every day Black women die because the system denies our humanity, unquote and that her experience is unfortunately all too common. An article in September 2021's edition of the American Journal of Public Health points out significant disparities in maternal mortality between white and black mothers recorded as far back as 1933. Now referencing new research facilitated by the Maryland Population Research Center out of the University of Maryland, the study's conclusions determine that disparities historically may be larger than previously reported with new findings documenting Black women is five times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women. A mom and a tireless advocate for work that makes communities stronger, healthier, and more free, meet Leslie Welch, a public health leader with a business mind and a visionary heart. She is taking a stand against the long-standing statistics that continue to demonstrate much lesser outcomes for Black women during their pregnancy and birthing experiences. Holding love as a guiding value, a way of being, an action, and a politic, Leslie envisions a world where every community has access to a birth center. Through solutions-based actions, she has launched Detroit's first freestanding community birth center, Birth Detroit and Birth Center Equity, and is on mission to make birth center care an option in every community. Here with us to share more about her equitable solutions and discuss maternal health in the Black and BIPOC communities, we have educator, public health leader, and co-founder of Birth Detroit and Birth Center Equity, Ms. Leslie Welch. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show, Leslie. How you doing? I'm doing well, Ramses. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, this is obviously something that's very important, and uh, we've been looking forward to, to talking to you about this. This is stuff that people need to know about. So let's get the folks acquainted with you. There's something we like to do around here. We like to start at the beginning. So share a bit about yourself your upbringing and sort of what led you to the career path you have now? Oh. Well, I am a Michigander by birth. 
Um, born and raised here in uh, Michigan in the suburbs of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom um, was a nurse. My dad worked in television engineering. And um, I went to um, University of Michigan for school. And I became a birth doula while I was in graduate school at U of M. And as a birth doula is where I fell in love with childbirth. I don't think there's anything more magical Mm. than being with um, parents and families at that time. And so I fell in love with birth before I was even a parent myself. I would later um, have my own children. So I have a 16 year old and an eight year old. Um, My own experience um, with pregnancy and birth is what has led me to the work I do today. Um, My oldest was born preterm, which means too soon. She spent some time in NICU. Um, I had a late term loss in between. My um, last child was born on their due date. We call her a rainbow baby. And um, I was also with uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law when my nephew was born too small, too soon, um, and died the same day um, in a local Detroit hospital. And it has forever changed how I see all the statistics around infant mortality, maternal mortality, and how I see my career in public health. Mm. Okay. And I'm I'm sure that's what led you to uh, uh, set up uh, birth center equity. And and from what I understand, that came to life uh, during the during the pandemic, right? Yes. And so actually Birth Detroit came first, I would say. So we started our local effort to open a birth center in Detroit first. And what happened in the pandemic was we started to get a lot of calls and messages with folks wanting to know if our birth center was open yet. Um, Because what the pandemic brought up for folks is a new understanding that there's value in having a place to have babies where sick people are not, right? So we had a lot of folks wanting to avoid the hospitals because of COVID-19 and there were a ton of, you know, restrictions on birth um, at that time. And so we had to tell folks, our birth center is not open yet. We're still working to raise money to open Birth Detroit. And what that led to is my... um, Sister, I call her in birth center development, Nashira Barrill in Boston, another Black woman raising money to open a birth center. We looked around the country and we said, well, how many birth centers are there open and serving Black, Indigenous communities of color? And we found that the answer was not very many. Mm. So of the almost 400 birth centers across the country, less than 5%. Or really, you know, it comes down to less than 20 birth centers are led by and, you know, explicitly serving communities of color. And so in the context of the pandemic, that meant that we were less likely to have options outside a hospital birth to have our babies. And so birth center equity was born to address that inequity. Birth center equity was born to ensure that you know, not only is there a birth center in Detroit or a birth center in Boston, but that all people have access to all safe birth options across the country. So um, I, I think that 
we need to probably paint a little bit more of a picture uh, in terms of what the problem is and why this is necessary. So talk to us a bit about how systemic racism is a key driver of the black maternal health crisis and how it's uh, impacting pregnancy outcomes. Oh my goodness. I love your question. I love um, that you've named um, the system because the, the crisis we see um, is not just about our birth outcomes, but also um, the birth care choices we have and what happens in the healthcare environment. Mm-hmm. And so what we see um, from studies like the Giving Voice to Mother study is that one in six folks report experiencing some type of discrimination or mistreatment um, in hospital maternity care or in maternity care in general, and that the rates are higher in hospitals and the rates are higher for people of color and for black people. So we're more likely to be mistreated. We're more likely to be discriminated against. We're more likely to not be listened to or felt heard or felt respected. And that influences not only our experience, um, but also um, impacts our birth outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. And um, what we see in uh, midwifery care, and I, I know that not everybody is familiar with midwifery care, but midwifery care um, is sees birth as a normal physiological life process. It is high touch and low tech. It focuses on centering families and relationship building with the birthing person. Mm-hmm. And what um, we know is that midwifery care results in better birth outcomes, so lower rates of preterm birth, lower rates of low birth weight, higher rates of breastfeeding, that families report a better birth experience, Mm. that we report greater experiences of autonomy and respect, and that this care also costs our whole health system less money. And so I think that there's a real opportunity to address um, the maternal health crisis in the care setting with with midwifery care. Mm-hmm. And I would also zoom out when you ask about structural racism and how it impacts our outcomes. It also impacts our knowledge of midwifery. Like if we look at the history of maternal health care in this country, there was a time when all of us were born with midwives, mm-hmm. when most of us were born at the hands of black midwives who cared mm-hmm. for us in community. And we have lost that history. Not many are aware of this powerful legacy we carry. And that is not on accident. There was a deliberate racialized effort to undermine midwifery in the 1920s. And not many folks know that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. 
And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are here today with educator, public health leader, and co-founder of Birth Detroit and Birth Center Equity, Ms. Leslie Welch, discussing maternal health in the Black and BIPOC communities and the solutions her organizations are successfully bringing to life. You know, um, I'm uh, thinking about, you know, what you're saying. Uh, I, I have an eight-year-old, so this is recent enough. I had a, a baby. And um, you're talking about the the impact that a birth will have on a family, you know, um, and I remember welcoming my son into the world and feeling that feeling of almost like being lovesick, not able to move or do anything. I was I was ho- hopeless, not productive in any way, could not talk on the radio, could not focus. I just needed to be with my child. Yeah. And uh, you're absolutely right. The conditions of the birth being. uh Easy, calm, as you mentioned, uh, low tech, high touch. This is exactly what we wanted. And it felt like a blessing and a gift and a miracle rather than a procedure. And it didn't feel dangerous. It felt, uh, jovial. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're telling this story in this way because it resonates with me having gone to this recently. Um, and you know, I think that brings me to my next point. Um, you obviously are, a person who is well qualified to have these conversations. In fact, from what I know, you taught at the university level for over 15 years and have been a key contributor to the development of Wayne Street University's Bachelor in Public Health program. So talk to us more about 
health equity topics that are currently being discussed and and really most pressing to our country? Mm. Well, I will say that um, my my bias is certainly um, to this topic, is to this topic of maternal health and infant health in in our country, and I think it is being given um, more attention today, um, and I'm grateful for that. And I would also say that from a public health perspective, what we know is that maternal and infant health are like key indicators of the health and well-being of a population. And in the United States as a whole, we are not getting birth right, right? When we look at our peer countries that have better birth outcomes, midwives are the leaders in care and midwives are caring for families unless medical care, specialized care is indicated, right? Mm -hmm. And we need to re-examine how we do that in the United States because it has the potential to really address all the problems we say we care about from a birth outcome space. And also to think about our, not just physical development, but the emotional development of a family. Mm. You know, what would our experience of birth and power and parenting be like if all parents had the experience that you described? Mm. If all parents had a birth experience that was safe and sacred and celebratory and loving, right? That would revolutionize our humanity. And I, I think that there's something here too. Um, and, and this ties into the first uh, thing that we, we talked about. Um, representation, I think, uh, might factor into these outcomes as well. So let's talk about representation. Why is that so critical in uh, the medical field with respect to these outcomes? It is critical because um, being cared for by people who look like you and understand your culture and life experience matters. Mm -hmm. It is critical because there's emerging research, for example, that shows that infants babies, right? Infants cared for by Black physicians are more likely to live in their first year of life mm. than infants cared for by white physicians, right? Which is a, a very sad example, but an example. Um, also, um, studies show that our experiences of autonomy and respect with providers is often greater when there's racial congruence or concordance with um, within that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I will also say anecdotally that, you know, Birth Detroit, we operate a neighborhood-based um, midwifery clinic now as we're raising money to open our birth center. So we're providing prenatal care, postpartum care, childbirth education, and folks come from up to an hour or more away to see Black midwives because it matters. Yeah. We've had folks come to birth Detroit from other provider experiences and say, I just want to feel like somebody understands me. Yeah. I just want to feel loved. I just want to see myself and my family reflected back to me mm -hmm. in a way that is affirming. 
And that happens in care where, you know, for, for us, we say it's care with black midwives that black midwives matter. You know, it's funny, our, uh, our producer for this, this segment, um, uh, Maggie Vino, and she was sharing some of her research with me uh, before our conversation today. And uh, she mentioned that um, an example uh, of um, a black woman uh, dealing with a white male doctor, not fully communicating because she didn't think the doctor would really understand. And code switching wasn't really possible because the way that she would describe and articulate something just wouldn't translate to that doctor because of, you know, um, you know how like, uh, I, I don't know the, the exact example, but you know how words mean different things in different circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, just a low hanging fruit example would be how once upon a time, the word bad meant good, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so this, this kind of gives you an idea. And so she's explaining this to me and uh, in, in, our, in, her, in articulating rather this um, phenomenon that, uh, you know, sometimes code switching isn't even an option because the, 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 the linguistic infrastructure doesn't exist to take a thought or, or an, an, a phenomenon and take it out of your head and get it into another person's head because they don't they lack a cultural context. For a description mm-hmm. and and it's very arrogant to assume and this is this happens with doctors quite a bit to assume that you know exactly what a person's talking about um and you know it, it spoke to like egos and that sort of thing coming into play with doctors uh quite often so interesting that uh mm-hmm. that um that actually is a is a true thing uh from your point of view as well so let's do this let's talk about um you know i know you've done some traveling and there, there are other places that, you know, maybe the healthcare outcomes aren't quite the same as those in the United States. So share a bit about what you've learned from your, your traveling um, and uh, what we can learn from that as well. Hmm. I think um, what I would uh, lift up um, would be um, the outcomes in, and when I say like peer countries, I'm like ec- economically peer countries, right? Yeah. Um, is that there are um, better birth outcomes in places like Sweden and Norway and France um, and other European Union countries where midwives provide low risk care to families, right? And you I'm naming here, you know, countries um, you know, that are not um, you know, quote unquote like black countries, right? So it's in terms of thinking about midwifery care and the power of midwifery care to make a difference, um, this is a, a universal power of midwifery care to make a difference by virtue of what the model of care is based on. Sure. Right. Um, and so we can learn, I think, from those countries and from all of the mounting research and data and evidence that's coming out here that 80 to 87 percent of us can safely give birth with midwives in a community setting. Nice. But we do the opposite in the United States. Mm. And that is not on accident. Mm. Childbirth, childbearing is the number one reason people go to the hospital in the United States, right? Mm. It's a significant economic issue as well as a care issue, 
And what would it look like in this country for us to really do evidence-based birth, for us to really center families and center birthing people, and not only that, but to center Black birthing people Mm -hmm. and how we think about the structure of our healthcare systems. The truth is the healthcare systems we have were never designed for us. I think I wanna, honoring black birthing bodies was never at the center of our healthcare system. I, and so the fact that we have trouble is not a surprise. Sure, sure. I want to I want to uh, add something to that because I think it helps make your point. Um, another thing that that uh, our producer brought over was that uh, the likelihood of a C-section is higher for black women and uh, C-sections are more valuable to hospitals than natural births because C-sections is kind of turn and burn in and out. And then, you know, the procedure itself is expensive versus lying in a hospital bed for hours, sometimes days waiting to, to give birth naturally. Um, it's not as profitable. It takes up more time and resources. Uh, so the hospital has an economic ex- incentive to um, push for C-sections and black women are often uh, pushed in in that direction from based on the numbers that I've seen, if, if I'm articulating this correctly, uh, pushed in that direction more often. So I just think that that helps um, make your point. Uh, and, and there's plenty of valid points that you have made today. So uh, what I want to do is make sure that folks can tap in with you um, and, you know, help you on your journey, support, get money from their pockets to yours learn more about, you know, yes, uh, please. <laughs> everything. Yeah. So, so go ahead, plug all your social media, you know, everything, any way that folks all can right. tap in when you donate. All right. anyway. Yes. I'll start with my local effort, which is birth Detroit. We are at birth Detroit on all the social media platforms. We are in the middle of a capital campaign. We bought our land for phase one to build our birth center. We raised a million dollars. We're still working to raise 3 million more to build our brand new birth center here in Detroit. Um, So I encourage folks to visit our website, birthdetroit.com to give, to donate, to support. And then our national effort is birth center equity. It is um, birthcenterequity.org. And we are working to support Black, Indigenous, and people of color-led birth centers across the country Mm. and launching a multi-million dollar campaign over 10 years to increase the number um, of birth centers that our communities have access to. We, again, want everybody who wants a midwife to be able to have one, everybody who wants to give birth in a birth center to be able to do so. So please join us in our efforts. It makes a tremendous difference for families today, tomorrow, and into the future. I love it. And you're doing great work. And of course, we will continue to support you. So please come back anytime. Once again, today's guest is educator, public health leader, and co-founder of Birth Detroit and Birth Center Equity, Ms. Leslie Welch. I'm Maggie B. Nowen, and I'll leave you with these closing gems. As Leslie Welch, Birth Detroit, and Birth Center Equity promote and hold in the forefront of all of their practices, the bottom line is that all Black, Indigenous, and people of color deserve safe birth spaces and safe birth care. 
Ensuring our safety includes healing and reparation of the harm and inequities taking place in maternal health practices, as well as within the structures and systems that have by design historically oppressed our communities. It is only with trusted relationships and solidarity that our communities will be able to attain the necessary resources to grow and sustain BIPOC community-owned and led birth infrastructure. To lead together, facilitating our own care is an act of liberation, honoring birth as a sacred, transformative experience at every level, and by ensuring safety and access for everyone, we will successfully transform birth culture for all. I'm Maggie B. Noen, and this is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast with your host, Ramses Ja. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.